the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, it's another Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Got a great show for you tonight. We're going to have news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? It's very easy on Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Catulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Don't forget iTunes. If you just do a search over there for AG Craft Beer Cast, you'll find the show on that platform. We're Alexa ready as well. We're also on Radio.com, as well as the Hopped Up Network, iHeartRadio as well. But the Hopped Up Network, if you head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com, usually uh, Monday mornings before 6 a.m., you will get the podcast version of this show. You can download it and listen to it at your leisure. You can also listen to uh, plenty of other podcasts that are on the platform, which is great. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Jim Wagner. He's the brewmaster from BC Brewing in Maryland. He will join me. It's been a while since we chatted with Jim. He used to be the head guy over at Duclaw Brewing. Wanted to catch up with him about how things are going with this microbrewery in his state amid the pandemic. That will happen in about 20 minutes from now. So, um, started off with Tom Petty, a little, uh, an American girl. Tom Petty would have turned 70 this week. Now, he passed away a, number, a few years ago. Um, I never saw Tom Petty in concert. Always wanted to, never got a chance. Actually, would have had a chance a couple of months before he passed. My buddy went to see him at that uh, Prudential Center, and I turned down going because I had, I don't know what I had going on, but it was a June concert, and I said, ah, I can't make it. Would have loved to have gone. I don't know why I, I, I turned it down, um, but I regret that. I regret that I didn't see Tom Petty because this was a man, another American treasure. Uh, you know, there's there's been some talk of, you know, Tom Petty and Bob Dylan sounding similar and having that same kind of style, but, you know, yeah, they did work together in the Trevlin Wilburys. They did collaborate on some things, but these were two completely different artists. And, you know, I like some of Dylan's stuff. I don't like everything that Dylan does. But Tom Petty, there is a lot of songs that Tom Petty has done that you kind of, oh, yeah, that's Tom Petty. Oh, yeah, that's Tom Petty. And from what my best friend told me when he saw him, he said it was one of the best concerts he had ever seen, um, that he was just, he was fun, he was, you know, up the whole night, you know, the energy was great, and I'm really sad that I missed uh, seeing Tom Petty live in concert. So we'll sprinkle some Tom Petty uh, throughout the show. A couple good things to get to here news-wise, but first, uh, an independent craft brewery in Buellton, California, 
Uh, filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, Figueroa Mountain Brewing Company made the announcement earlier this week saying because of COVID-19, all on-premise business has been presented with unprecedented challenges due to the shutdown orders and restrictions in the state of California. Co-founder Jamie uh, Dietenhofer said in a statement he believes the will, this will be the best direction for Figueroa Mountain Brewing Company to move forward. FBM's tap rooms are in Santa Barbara, Aroa, uh, Arroyo Grande, Buelton, Westlake Village, Los Olivos, and Santa Maria will remain open during the Chapter 11 debt restructuring in U.S. bankruptcy court. This is interesting. So they're not going out of business, but they are trying to restructure their debt. And I'm wondering if other breweries are going to do this as well. Now, obviously, they have tap rooms in a number of different places throughout California, Um, maybe a smaller place will not have the opportunity to do that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And a little bit later on in this segment, I'm going to tell you about another brewery, a pretty big brewery, by the way, that is going to be leaving uh, New York State right now because of the pandemic. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, But, you know, this is, I think we may see more of this uh, as time goes on. Places filing for bankruptcy but trying to stay open refigure their debt or remanage their debt so that they can stay open. This is a serious problem. It is going to continue well into next year at this point. And um, where it stops, I have no idea. Uh, The Great American Beer Festival Awards were handed out last week. Only one brewery from New Jersey actually meddled. Um, I believe here, I'm trying to think if this is gold. Yeah. So Kane uh, won a gold for A Night to End All Dawns. This was the wood and barrel aging strong stout category. Uh, they won, uh, th- they're the only one in New Jersey uh, who ended up winning. Uh, now in New York, let me click down on the list here. This is what I like about the greatamericanbeerfestival.com site. You can actually pick uh, the state that you want to see and it will focus on it. So there are five winners in New York. Uh, Big Alice Brewing won a gold for The Many Lives of Our Lives, a fruited wood and barrel aged sour beer. Grim Artisanal Ales won a silver for Tralala, which was a honey beer. Community Beer Works in Buffalo, never heard of them. They won in the Imperial Stout category. They won a gold for the snow. Grim also won a bronze for Gathering Red Currants and Peaches, which was in the category of Mixed Culture Brett Beer. And Gunhill Brewing in the Bronx won for Void of Light for a stout. So, um, you know, I, I think what happened was, I know somebody was venting about this on social media, that why... Why wasn't New Jersey more represented? And I get the sense that a lot of breweries, because of this was a virtual event this year, decided not to send beer. Um, that it was going to be a problem. They were going to have you know a rough time trying to get this stuff out there to Colorado, and so they decided, you know what, I'm 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 not going to send beer. Uh, or maybe they did, and it just you know it didn't. I, I you know I don't know. I don't want to speculate here. Um, but it is interesting that more New Jersey breweries didn't meddle. But again, I think you also have to understand uh, that breweries are trying to survive. So it's do I do I package up a couple of six packs of beer or some kegs or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, and you know send it out, or do I take a chance and just say, eh, all right, you know, um, I'm not going to do that now. Before I get to something that I was uh, very happy to take part in, um, McKellar. Um, posted this on their social media pages the other day, and this is kind of sad. So here's the note. Dear friends and followers, we have had to make the difficult decision to permanently close the McKellar Brewing New York City location at City Field. 
With no foreseeable customers at City Field, McKellar is consolidating its New York City brewery with its San Diego brewery and closing McKellar NYC. Thank you for your support over the past two and a half years. We are extremely grateful to have been a part of the New York brewing community and to have had the opportunity to present our beers in this incredible location. McKellar fans will still be able to get freshly brewed McKellar beers in New York at their favorite stores, bars, and restaurants. We loved our time in City Field and wish everyone the best during this difficult time. Take care of the McKellar team. This is plain and simple. Nobody coming to the ballpark, you're not going to get any foot traffic. Over by City Field, there are repair shops and stuff. There's really nothing over there except for baseball and this brewery that was located within City Field. This is a shame. I was there on their opening night um, when they had a media reception for uh, for folks in the media. Beautiful facility, great guest taps, 50 taps. The fantastic place you could go there during a baseball game, buy beer. They'd hold on to it for you. After the game, you could pick it up, take it home. When games weren't going on, you could park right in the parking lot for free and walk over to the brewery. Very convenient. Come off the 7 train. But there was nothing else around there. That's a problem. So, uh, unfortunately, they had to close. And are we going to see more of this? Now, again, no fans. You know, who's going to take a trip all the way out? to Flushing just to go to a brewery, even if it's on the train, right? There's nothing else to do around there. I mean, that's the sad part. So the fact that they had to be shut down since March, they weren't able to get things done uh, the the way they want to. And I think this is going to be an issue. How is it going? Now, again, McKellar is a much bigger brewery. They had a, you know, they were obviously producing their beers for New York from the facility and sending them out for sale. Um. But, you know, I wonder in this day and age if it's really feasible to open up a brewery uh, in 2020. Now, I say that knowing full well that yesterday on Saturday, Saturday night, I was over at Alternate Ending Brewing. Uh, This is the the movie uh, theater uh, that they've converted into a brewery. Uh, Went there for a friends and family event. I will review it on next week's program because I taped this program during the week. Um and I will tell you about the beers and the food that I had there. But what, what Scott Novak has done, is an in, it's, it's an interesting concept. So he has food and he has beer. So he's a brew pub, which is very rare in New Jersey. But he's also going to be showing movies. He's making it kid-friendly. Uh, he's got garage doors that can open up so you're exposed to, to uh, outside air. So you have three doors open or three windows open or whatever it was that Murphy was talking about. Um, these things are important because... This will sustain your business and keep it going. Uh, McKellar, regardless of that, whether the, if they had the option or not, how are you going to get people there? That's the problem. So I'm excited that this new brewery is going to be opening in New Jersey, but it's the sustainability. And I think you have to have the ability to sell packaged goods to go in addition to serving your customers, in addition to having all these certain things. But you're asking you know, a lot from these people. Yeah, you've shelled out X amount of dollars. Now, guess what? You're going to have to shell out X amount of more dollars in order to keep your business moving. This is going to be a problem for some people. You know, there are people that have put their life savings, they've mortgaged their house or maybe two houses to keep their business running. And the more restrictions that these people have in getting the, in keeping their business open because of whatever COVID-19 restrictions there are, the harder it is for these people that are going to be able to make money. And I think it's a serious issue that needs to be addressed. And in our next segment, we're going to talk about that, something that Governor Murphy did to restaurants and bars that they're not going to be able to recoup uh, during the first time around where they were going to actually open and then Murphy pulled back. 
back in July. We'll talk about that and after the break. We're also going to talk about something that I took part in with the folks from Sam Adams and Dogfish Head, two non-alcoholic beers that are coming out next year, and you will be surprised they actually taste pretty good. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. That's right, Tom Petty won't back down, neither will I, or most of you for for that matter. Anyway, Tom Petty, this he actually did this without the Heartbreakers. Uh, we're remembering uh, Tom Petty, whose birthday would have been this week, and he would have been uh, 70 years old. My goodness, it's, it's amazing that Tom Petty is gone already now. Uh, three years, uh, just unbelievable. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily all over social media on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. You want to drop me an email? Got a press release you want to get to me? Albert G at NYCRadio.com. We're on iTunes. Uh, we're on uh, Alexa Ready, we're uh, Radio.com, iHeart, and you can also head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com. Monday mornings before 6 a.m. you will listen, or you, uh, not you will listen, but I would like you to listen to the podcast version of this show and send me some feedback, what you like, what you don't like. Coming up in 10 minutes, Jim Wagner, the brewmaster from BC Brewing in Maryland, will join me. It's been a while since we chatted with Jim. Uh, he used to be the head guy at DeClaw. Wanted to catch up with him about how things are going in his state amid the pandemic, and that'll happen just about 10 minutes from now. Lots of beer news to get to, so let's dive right into it. So uh, New Jersey allowing restaurants to extend the permitted use of liquor licenses for outdoor dining uh, through this coming spring. Uh, Governor Murphy says for just 10 bucks, permits can be extended from the end of November through to the end of March 2021. For many of our residents, having the ability to serve liquor to their customers beyond their normal premises has been meaningful. In some cases, uh, life-saving for them and help them survive during these challenging times. Now, he calls it the right thing to do, given the uncertainty faced by the industry. Murphy has also hinted he may soon expand the capacity that's allowed for indoor dining. Currently, it's at 25%. There is talk he'll increase it to 50% in the next few weeks. However, we have seen spikes within the state. Who knows if that is going to be a determining factor as to whether these restaurants, bars, and breweries and stuff can open at 50% capacity. They need that lifeline because it is getting colder. Uh, Speaking of which, now, credit Governor Murphy for continuing this until March of next year. However, and it only costing the the bar owner, restaurant owner, an additional 10 bucks, right? But here's the thing. New Jersey restaurant owners are not going to get reimbursed for money they lost over the summer. Listen to this. Governor Murphy vetoed a $30 million bill the other day that would have made up for lost revenue the first time he canceled plans to reopen indoor dining this summer, which was supposed to be back in late June, early July. Bill sponsors argued restaurants ordered food, hired back employees, and purchased safety equipment to be prepared for the rolled back decision. But Murphy says he's allotted at least $35 million in CARES Act funding for restaurants and bars. I ask you, if you're an owner of a restaurant or bar in New Jersey, um, have you received any of that funding from the CARES Act uh, to help offset the cost of what you paid back in, in June and July to get your restaurant prepared? And then Murphy rolled it back, and we had to wait an additional few weeks uh, before that could happen. That's a problem that I have. And by the way, 
Assemblyman John Bramnick, who has a show on uh, on our stations on a couple of hours before me at 8 o'clock, Why People Don't Like You, he mentioned to Joe Piscopo earlier this week the bill that he sponsored passed in both houses unanimously, and Murphy vetoed it. And an unconditional, like, you know, absolute veto. There's no way they can bring it back up again. They would have to reintroduce the bill, go through the whole process again. That's a bunch of nonsense. That's where I think the governor is wrong. They need The state needs to pay these people back. He said they were going to open on this date. Then he decided to roll it back. These people spent money, and they can't get their money. That's a problem I have. Big problem with that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the folks from City Brew Tour sent me this, which I think is really kind of cool. The newest craft beer experience, the Beer a Day Holiday Box. Now, City Brew Tours, obviously, because of the pandemic, they haven't been able to operate. So they're doing they're trying to do new and innovative things uh, to get to you know to get people involved with drinking beer and doing it from your home. The idea based on the alcohol advent calendar, but unlike an advent calendar, the Beer a Day experience starts on the holiday itself, making it perfect for gift giving. Comes in both Christmas and Hanukkah themes. Includes brewery swag, sweet treats, and other fun gifts too. But that's not the only thing that makes the Beer a Day boxes stand out. When they say an experience, they mean it. Thanks to social media live streams and COVID mandated Zoom calls. People have settled into the groove of interacting virtually, according to them. So it made sense to expand this concept into a virtual experience. Each beer is placed under a number that corresponds to the day it should be opened. Then, that evening, everyone will join, will join them online for some interactive beer entertainment. Each of their interactive sessions will feature special guests, from professional brewers to beer historians, and each will tackle a different craft beer topic. The boxes are available online for purchase at citybrewtours.com slash holidaybeerboxes. They'll begin shipping in mid-November. 85 bucks for the Christmas box breaks down to about 7 bucks a beer. The Hoppy Hanukkah box is 75 bucks, so about 6 bucks a beer. Not a bad price at all. Great uh, great gift. And you're going to get some swag in it as well. It's not just beer. Cool idea. Thanks to the folks from uh, City Brew Tours for sending that over. Um, Founders Brewing has announced that Moon Rambler IPA will be the first release in the brewery's 2021 seasonal lineup. Formerly known in the tap rooms as Cow Jump the Shark, Moon Rambler IPA, 6.4% ABV. Uh, Azaka Mosaic and ca- Cascade Hops. They added milk sugar to this to give that kind of creamy uh, texture to it from uh, from regular IPAs or a West Coast IPA. It'll be available in six-pack and 15-pack cans and on draft in the Grand Rapids and Detroit tap rooms on November 4th. It'll be available across the brewery's 50-state distribution network from November through March of 2021. It will not be available on draft in Utah. Moon Rambler will have a taproom retail price of $9 a six-pack and $18 a 15-pack. Prices will vary by market outside of the taproom. So that's pretty cool. So that will kick off their seasonal lineup for next year, but it starts in November. Coronado Brewing has signed a multi-year deal with lifestyle brand Salty Crew. The partnership unites the two iconic San Diego brands. Uh, they came out with a, Sa- a Salty Crew Blondale uh, a few uh, a year or so ago, which I had, and I, I really liked it. Nice, sessionable 4.5% uh, Blondale, and it won the silver medal uh, in the Golden or Blondale category at last week's Great American Beer Festival, which is really cool. So the beer is available in six packs of 12-ounce cans. It's an easy-drinking boat beer, perfect for days spent on the water. This just seems like a natural fit for both Coronado and Salty Crew, so kudos to them. Now, last night I was at Alternate Ending Beer Company. Uh, I will give you the details of, of that event and how it went because they're opening next weekend uh, for the first time in Aberdeen. Uh, But they sent this ahead of time because they wanted me to let you people know 
that not only are they going to have really great beer in there, but they're also going to have really good food from Tallulah's and Asbury Park. So um, they have announced a long-term partnership with Tallulah's, the Asbury Park eatery known for handcrafted sourdough pizza and fresh-baked goods. Tallulah's will be running the Alt End Kitchen, staying true to their style but focusing on quality pub grub like sourdough pretzels, wings, tacos, sourdough, uh, sourdough square pies, and fun theater snacks. Alternate ending founder and owner Scott Novick was looking for a kitchen partner who was like-minded about fermentation and aligned with the culture and values of the Alt-End vision. So Steve and Shanti Mignona uh, founded Tallulah's to create a place where their community could gather around great food for warmth, comfort, and sustenance. I know I manhandled their last name. I apologize for that. So this is really cool. So I have gotten to try the stuff, and since I'm recording this earlier in the week, I will let you know how the food and the beer is next weekend Kudos to Alternate Ending Beer Company. That is a really cool thing. And, again, they're in Aberdeen. They're right off of Route 34. Um, if you're heading down to Source and Colts Neck, they're, right, they're on the way uh, on 34. If you're going down 34, uh, heading towards, uh, uh, what is it, Monmouth County. I guess you're already in Monmouth County, heading towards Marlboro and Colts Neck. Uh, following the announcement a few days ago that Danish brewer McKellar shuttered their brewery in the Mets, at the Mets' home in City Field, Fountain Beverage and Ebbs Brewing Company are going to take over the 10,000-square-foot space. Now, that's interesting, but not so much. The name of the space is going to change. The operator won't. Bruce Wilpon, apparently, I did not know this, Bruce Wilpon is a partner in his family's real estate firm, Sterling Equities, which also obviously owned the majority stake in the Mets until agreeing to sell the baseball club to billionaire Steve Cohen last month, was a partner in McKellar at NYC, but is also the co-founder of of Ebbs and Fountain, which produces hard seltzer and CBD-infused sparkling water. That's what Fountain does. Ebbs produces beer. Um, and apparently Tomas Larson, who served as the chief um, CMO, a chief marketing officer of McKellar in New York City for a year earlier in 2020, they're putting this together. So the, the space is going to be occupied by a brewery. That's cool. Now, will the beer meet the standards of what people expected out of McKellar and the guest taps, that remains to be seen. But maybe we can see if we can get Bruce Wilpon on the program and talk more about what's going to be put inside of City Field coming up, uh, you know, at some point, either it's uh, this year or next year. And then finally, Friday before last, I was invited on a conference Zoom call with Sam Adams founder Jim Cook and Dogfish Head founder Sam Calagione to take part in a tasting of non-alcoholic beers that will be introduced next year. Each of them sent me two cans of their offering. Sam Adams is a New England IPA called Just the Haze. Dogfish's uh, beer is called Lemon Quest. Just the Haze clocks in at 98 calories with a half a percent ABV. Lemon Quest, same ABV, but it's 93 calories. Now, Jim told us during the call he's always resisted a non-alcoholic beer because they all tasted like crap. Actually, he used a different word. You figure that one out. Uh, but a couple of years ago, he saw the trends were calling for one and decided if he was going to make one, it had to taste like a beer. Now, obviously, Athletic, Estrella Galathea, they are all putting out these non-alcoholic beers. And it took a lot of time, trial and error. And to be honest, even Jim thinks the beer he sent us was not completely done. The beer had a nice head to it, hazy, looks and tastes like a beer, in my opinion. It had a nice bitterness to it. And I asked Jim if that was the goal, and he said it was. But he wants it to make it a little more bitter. I question why then you would call it a New England-style IPA, because those are not necessarily that bitter. But okay, it has all the characteristics of an IPA. Should it be a little bit bitter? I guess so if you want. It was drinkable. Let's see what happens if he tweaks it a little bit. Now, the beer that was sent to me was four months old, but it was actually quite good. And he said four months is about the shelf life for this beer. Dogfish's beer, 
very different from the Sam from the Sam Adams, and that was purposeful. First time that both uh, teams worked together on a project. Lemon Quest tart, nice lemon flavor. The carbonization uh, seemed a little thin to me, but I really like this one a lot. Could easily see me drinking this on the regular. They used the Sequench beer as a base with monk fruit, and they went from there. Now, both breweries want to get this out earlier than the February 1 launch date. Sam Adams is saying they'd like to sell some direct through their website because it's non-alcoholic. They can do that, but we shall see. The other thing is this will be in cans only for now. Uh, Jim was saying that they were thinking about doing a draft version of this, but right now they're focused on the cans. And with a suspected can shortage, I'm wondering if that's going to be pulled off in a way that is financially solvent for both uh, for both breweries, we shall see. Now, when we, and, and by the way, thanks to the folks from both Sam Adams and Dogfish for inviting me on the conference call, for sending me the beers, and allowing me the opportunity to be one of the first people outside of Sam Adams and Dogfish uh, to try this non-alcoholic beer. Both beers are actually really, really good. When we come back after a short break, Jim Wagner, the brewmaster from BC Brewing in Maryland, will join me. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Hard to believe Tom Petty would have been 70 this week. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, amazing. Uh, and I'm so sad that I did not get to see this guy in concert. Of all the concerts that I've been to in all the years, did not get a chance to see Tom Petty. Would have had a chance to see him about a month, before, a couple months before he passed and turned it down. That I will never do again. Now, my next guest has been on the program before. It's been quite some time since we've talked to him. And I, I wanted to see how his brewery was doing amidst the pandemic. He used to be the head brewer over at DeClaw, but now he is killing it with a great group of folks over in Hunt Valley, Maryland. And in fact, I have to say this publicly, Jim sent me an enormous case of beer when I got diagnosed with cancer a number of years ago. One of the things that got me through uh, my treatment and my stuff, and I cannot thank him enough for that, but check out their website at bcbrewerymd.com for more information. Let me welcome back to the show Jim Wagner. Jim, how are you? Hey, Al, how you doing? And hey, just real quick, yeah. you and I are in the same boat when it comes to Tom Petty. I had a chance to see him or could have had a chance and unfortunately had to turn it down many years ago. And I, I wished I would have never did. Uh, you know, I, I, I hear you, man. My best friend called me and he said, I got tickets. Let's go. And I go, man, I can't. I can't do it. He went two months later. Tom passes. And he, the day he passed, he called me and he said, see, I told you. And I go, I know, I know, I know. I'll never do that again. It's unreal. <laughs> Jim, the pandemic hits in mid-March. What did you guys do to shift operations since bars and restaurants were being closed all over the country? You know, I think Al, we're doing we're doing pretty much like everybody is forced to do. We had to pivot and really go to looking at can sales as a way to kind of keep the ship afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prior to the pandemic, our can sales were maybe five, no more than ten percent of our business, and uh, that just kind of flipped on its ear. And we're you know we 
just tried to can as much product as possible, get it out there, um, sell it through the tap room, you know, on a uh, kind of a uh, uh, situation where, you know, you come in and you can curbside delivery, if you will, you know, touchless curbside. Right. And it's helped. It's helped. But, uh, you know, it's been tough. But, uh, you know, I, I can't I can't just solely complain about it because we're all going through it. Right, right. And and uh, did you guys have your own canning operation or did you have to do uh, go with a mobile canning uh, vendor? Uh, luckily, luckily we did. We actually, when we, right before we opened the place, uh, Rich, the owner and I, we went up to, uh, uh, auction in upstate New York, um, right outside of Canton. And we bought a canning line that was on sale there. And, uh, at the time I thought it was a little overkill for the size that we were and how big the canning line in comparison to our operation was, but it's been a lifesaver. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Now you're back at it now, Maryland in, uh, in Maryland. What capacity are you guys at? Are you at the 25%, 50% capacity? Yeah, right now, you know, it's it's funny. I I I believe right now technically we're at 50%, but I don't get okay. I don't get too uh hooked up on that number right. because we're you know, we're not hitting it, you know. Um one good thing that we did do uh in the last uh 2 months, uh we got permission to do an outside patio area. Oh, nice. And that has real yeah, that's helped a tremendous amount people uh People have been packing that, but again, that area is only so big. I think we got about twelve tables out there, which is better than nothing. No, of course. And of uh, course. and you yeah. guys do food yeah, so and beer, correct? We do, we do, and right. I think that's the other. I think that's the other thing that's helped out quite a bit. We, uh, you know, we do uh, wings. We, our wings are fantastic here. Uh, we also do pizza, and you know. People say, ah, oh, you know, pizza, it's pizza. I'm telling you, I think we're all pizza fans, and our pizza yep. here is amazing. It's, nice. It's fantastic. That's awesome. We're talking with Jim Wagner. He's the brewmaster for BC Brewery in Hunt Valley, uh, Maryland. They're shipping beer, by the way, not only to the, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Virginia, as well as the state of Maryland, and soon to be Pennsylvania. You can check out their website at bcbrewerymd.com for more information. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So, Jim, as a small business, was the brewery able to take advantage of the PPP program? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Rich got right on that, and we we got involved in that. And then we're also, you know, there's a few other programs specifically here in our county, Baltimore County, that um, we're trying to uh, apply for now that'll uh, be some additional help. Very cool. Now, let's talk about some of the beers that you're brewing. First off, I saw this thing on on, uh, your guys' Facebook page, uh, a lot of gluten-free beers that you're making. You weren't doing that initially when you opened, is that right? You're 100% correct. Yeah, we uh, we had no intentions of doing it. And then, uh, I guess, a uh, very long story short, I got an assistant here. Uh, her name is Beth, mm-hmm. and uh, she has celiac disease. Wow. And we decided to go ahead and pursue the idea of doing it. And I've ki- I kicked it around many years ago back at the other brewery of uh, putting something out like that. Right. And there really wasn't a demand. And, you know, it was a different time. It was, uh, you know, we, we had different... Uh, a direction we were going in but here you know it's great because really nobody in the area is doing gluten-free beer and then i'll be honest with you she brought in some um commercially made examples of gluten-free and they were just not that good right and i'm like you know what if we if we just go a little bit above mediocre we'll be better than these beers so <laughs> i have no doubt that we can make something that people are really going to like and uh yeah yeah it's really taken off in fact a lot of our uh, direct shipment sales um, 
I would say the vast majority of them are for gluten-free beers because, you know, people that either choose to or need to drink gluten-free beer, uh, they will go to the ends of the earth to try to find something that is decent. And, uh, you know, we're, we're real happy about that. That is true. Here in New Jersey, there's one brewery, Departed Souls, they're in Jersey City, and they do uh, a mix of gluten-free and, of course, gluten beers, but they do do a specific line of gluten-free beers, and they've had a lot of success with it. So that's great, and obviously that opens up another area uh, you know, of business and profit for you guys, so that's always a good thing. Now, uh, let's talk about the Wild Side project you have going on here. Yeah, yeah. You know, idle hands, uh, you know, during the pandemic uh, make you come up with some crazy ideas. And not that it was that far out of, uh, out of, you know, out of the realm of possibility, but we, we have an area, uh, that is not, uh, connected in any way, shape or form to the brewery, a warehouse area in the back. And I'm like, you know what? Let's, let's get something started that's a little funky, that's got some bread in it, uh, you know, that's got some wild yeast and we can let them sit for as long as we need to and let those flavors and characteristics develop. So we decided to go ahead and do that. We released our first one, which was a, uh, we released it in a uh, cork and cage seven fifties and okay. it is a, uh, a limited edition Saison that was aged with bretomyces. Now, uh, you know, is that one of the things that we're talking with Jim Wagner, the brewmaster for BC brewery in hunt Valley, Maryland, they're shipping beer now to Washington, DC, Virginia, Maryland, and soon to Pennsylvania. All you got to do hit their website, bcbrewerymd.com for more information. You can click and order. They'll ship it to those States pretty soon. Pennsylvania will be getting it. Maybe we can get them to kind of inch up to New Jersey a little bit. That would be kind of cool. We're here on the Algatulo craft beer cast on AM 970. The answer. So Jim, you know, the, the amount of time that, and I don't want to say shut down, obviously you had to shift. Uh, to cans and stuff, but when you don't have a lot of people coming into the place and you have that that idle time, that does open up new areas. You can can maybe make a lager that'll take a little bit longer or a pilsner that'll take a little longer or a sour or a wild ale. So from a creativity standpoint, that must have been something, you know, good for you guys to keep keep the wheels moving, right? Absolutely. It was, you know, it was definitely a silver lining in this, you know, cloud of pandemic, but, um, it, it, it's really worked out well because one other thing that we've really concentrated on is our bourbon barrel aged beers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we did a whole bunch of those and we got them sitting. Uh, we've had them sitting now in the barrels for quite a while. So uh, when they are ready to go, we will have a, a good volume. We don't have to worry about uh, having just uh, just enough to get us through for a couple weeks or a month. We mm-hmm. should be good for a while. Last question for me, Jim. Uh, a bunch of different stories have been out there over the last several months. Uh, about a potential aluminum can shortage. Are you guys concerned at all that you may not be able to can your beer in the future? Because obviously, look, bars and restaurants are, wherever you are in the country, some are open at at 25 or 50% capacity, but, you know, there are very few states that are at 100% capacity. Are you afraid or concerned at all that you may not be able to can your beer in the near future if there's an aluminum can shortage? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think anybody that's not concerned has their head in the sand. Um, you know, up until now, we've been very fortunate with our suppliers that we uh, we have not been shorted at all. But then again, in the grand scheme of things, we're a much smaller player, so sure. we're not ordering as much as the big boys. But yeah, yeah, everybody has to be concerned because, uh, you know, I mean, as, as you know, Al, the, the whole entire um, playing field has shifted pretty much away from bottles toward cans, and right. we kind of saw that coming for years. And uh I don't see a can shortage uh, causing that shift to go backwards for many reasons. The biggest one is, you know, you, there are two different machines. It's not like you can just throw a, throw a bottle in a canner. Right. Oh, um, no, absolutely. But, absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, concerned about it, yes. Overly concerned, no. Uh, you know, you hear all this talk, and, uh, you know, you, you try to you know, weave your way through it to figure out how much is, you know, a paranoia and how much is legit. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm still yet to figure 100% of that out, but it's just like anything. Uh, someone, someone will step up to the plate, and I think that the can shortage is not going to be as bad as most people think, or at least that's what I'm hoping. My guest has been Jim Wagner. He's the brewmaster for BC Brewery in Hunt Valley, Maryland. They're shipping beer to Washington, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, and soon Pennsylvania. You can check out their website at bcbrewerymd.com for more information and, of course, to order beer if you're in those couple of states. Jim, always a pleasure, my friend. Hopefully when things get back to normal, whenever that is, my wife and I will take a road trip down and we can have a beer together. That would be fantastic. It's been too long. You know, we used to we used to hook up a lot at the AC Beer Festival, yeah. and with with everything going on, that that's kind of gone away. But yeah, you and I got to get together soon. Sounds good, Jim. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And I have to tell you, yes, it is the final segment of the program uh, for the show that I actually taped two weeks ago. Uh, we didn't air a new program last week because um, late of the Thursday before last, um, back on um, October 22nd, um, I lost my mom uh, at the age of 82. And um, she died of uh, complications from brain cancer. And she passed Thursday night. I was planning on taping the final segment Friday morning and then, of course, airing the show over the weekend. We didn't get a chance to do that um, because I, I, for obvious reasons, um, you know, awake and a funeral, et cetera, et cetera. So the program that you've heard this week uh, was actually taped well over a week and a half ago. So I apologize if the news is dated. Uh, we'll have a new program next week, uh, you know, brand new, fresh, as fresh as it fresh can be. And... Uh, on that program, I'll talk a little bit more about my mom um, and how much she meant to me uh, and my family and, and other stuff. And it'll probably get a little bit emotional. So um, I hope you stay tuned for that um, for next week. Right now, I'm just not really prepared uh, to put together you know, a whole brand new show and et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to make sure that this one got out there because this was a really good show that I had put together and I wanted people uh, to hear it. So you'll get to hear it and uh, you'll get to hear... Uh, thoughts on uh, the passing of my mom uh, coming up on next week's program. But I want to dive into Suds and Duds because obviously two weeks of sampling beers and, of course, um, when your loved one passes away, yeah, you, you kind of, uh, you imbibe, right? Whether it's uh, with booze or with food or whatever. And, and again, I can't stress this enough. I know it sounds hypocritical, but um, everything in moderation. You know, sometimes you might do it a little bit too heavy. Um, and certainly the first couple of days after my mom passed, um, I did that, but I had the time to sit back and reflect and I knew I didn't have to get up very early in the morning and I could take my time, uh, to kind of work my way through uh, a lot of emotions that are certainly going to be, um, coming to the forefront in the coming months, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, in the end, and this is the last I'll say about it and I'll talk more about it next week. Uh, my mom died um, in peace, hopefully in no pain and with dignity, and that's the most important thing. Anyway, let's dive right into Suds and Duds. 
uh, a bunch of different beers that I have tried. Cthulhu 2020 by Bolero Snort. Boy, let me tell you something. When they poured it in the glass, I actually took a picture of it and sent it to my wife because I said, you are going to love this. And the next night, she surely did. Super sour, just a great, I mean, just the color of the beer. It almost has a purplish quality to it. Fantastic beer, just sour enough, got that little puckeriness to it, but it's just a fantastic beer. Great stuff from the guys uh, from Bolero Snort. Uh, Hubbard's Cave, which is, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, in uh, Illinois, is finally come to the Garden State and had their fresh uh, double IPA one hop centennial um, from them. Really nice, good bitterness. It's got that hazy and juicy uh, that is written all over it. So well done uh, from the folks at uh, Hubbard's Cave. And, of course, um, Timber Rails, I can't talk enough about these guys. Their stouts are unbelievable. So uh, the usual place that we go to, Paragon Tap and Table, they had opened up a can by mistake. Somebody had wanted it and decided they didn't want it. So um, in the interest of full disclosure for science, uh, I, you know, I, I ended up sampling it with a couple people that were at the table. Chasing Darkness Batch 2 with Cassia Bark and Ugandan Vanilla Beans. What a fantastic beer at 12%. And I did find out that Cassia Bark is actually a form of cinnamon. So there's the cinnamon flavor that I'm getting. And cinnamon and vanilla... When you mix it in with a stout when done right, oh, man, it is really, really good. Uh, the folks at Bradley Brew Project do a great job. If you haven't been to Bradley Beach and haven't stopped over at Bradley Brew Project, they're doing a great job. They have a little outdoor patio. They have indoor seating. Their doors are open so that you get that fresh air in there. You can definitely go there. They do uh, uh, require you to make a reservation to hold the table. Had their back to school. What a great IPA. Bitter, really nice, just the right um, – the, the, the right ingredients for a really, really good uh, IPA. Uh, from Elementary Brewing, which I haven't had in quite some time, and love the guys over at Elementary. They do a great job. Uh, Dunkel Donut. Uh, this was really nice. Sweet caramel vanilla coffee. It's got all those mix of flavors. Um, somebody had said to me when they sipped it, it was a little too sweet for them. I thought it was just the right amount of sweetness. I, I don't like, you know, when it comes to certain beers, when you have a Dunkel like that, I don't like overtly sweet stuff where I'm kind of like, ooh, i got to work my way through this. This has just the right amount of sweetness, at least for me. Maybe your taste buds are different. Uh, I try not to add sugar into my coffee. Uh, I I try to stay away from a lot of the sweet stuff, uh, cookies and stuff like that, because, you know, all of that stuff is basically liquid crack on your body. And since my cancer a number of years ago, I found that I don't really have that much of a sweet tooth anymore. I'll still indulge once in a while, but not to the extent that I used to. So for me, this had the right amount of sweetness. For you, maybe not so much, but I encourage you to try it. It is a really good beer uh, from the folks from Almentry. Uh, The uh, the Abyss series, Dark Pulse by uh, uh, Zigmeister. Wow, I'll tell you, this was smooth. It had a, I know this sounds crazy for an IPA, it had a wine quality to it. Uh, It was really tasty, but it had that that wine-esque quality, like almost like... um, not a barley, I don't know, not really a barley wine, and not really a sour, but I don't know, it was just, it was different, it wasn't what I was expecting, but it was it was good in a pleasurable way, let's put it that way. Uh, as we continue on here with our Suds and Duds segment on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, the folks from Duclaw had sent me a few beers and finally got a chance to crack those. Nordic Swell um, by Duclaw, this one's interesting, so they use a Nordic yeast uh, in the, or a Nordic hop in the beer, and uh, I think it was a Nordic yeast. Uh, interesting beer. Uh, it, it has an apple tea honey pine quality, right? But it works. This is not a hazy. 
Uh, this is not a West Coast IPA, um, but it is, I would call it a Scandinavian IPA. But all of the ingredients in there, the apple, the tea, the honey, the pine, it all kind of works together. It was a pleasurable beer. It was enjoyable to drink and strong at 9%, so got to watch yourself. Now, they also sent me one of their pastry stouts, the Pastry Archie uh, Dipped Pretzel. The chocolate is all over this beer. Slightly salty, though. Uh, I felt like you needed a little bit more salt in this mix to make it feel more like a pretzel. And somebody on social media, on one of the uh, beer pages that I follow on Facebook, said, well, you know, you could always add more salt to it. And I guess so. But if I have to do that, isn't that kind of defeating the purpose? So I think the next time these guys make it, and I don't remember how old the can was uh, when I got it, but I would I would add a little bit more salt to this to get, get you that chocolate, salty pretzel feel to it. Um, it's it wasn't terrible. It just I felt like it needed a little bit more salt. That's all. And uh, thanks to uh, uh, Madeline Caldwell and the folks from Duclaw for sending me those uh, those beers. Visual Cortex by Source. This was one. It took me a couple of weeks to crack this because I had so much stuff in my refrigerator. Another fabulous beer by these guys. Peach, pineapple. The sweetness of the clementine just shines right through. It was fantastic. In fact, I had a chance to. They released this last week. And it was a brewery-only release. They released their new version of Fat Elvis. Oh, my God, it was better than the, the last version. The peanut butter and the chocolate were perfect. It, it, was, it, it had a much smoother quality to it. And for a beer that's over 10%, boy, I'll tell you, it's one of those ones you, you have a glass or two and then it hits you and you're like, oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't have had a glass or two that quickly. Great beer. Good stuff from the guys uh, from Source. Sincho Pep by Wet Ticket, one of the best heat stout beers I've ever had. Honestly, I love everything about this beer. The chocolate, cinnamon, and the pepper all work perfectly. You get the chocolate and the cinnamon on the front. You get the pepper on the back end, but it's not oppressive. It hits you after the second sip. The first one, you don't get it. When you hit it with that second sip, you get the pepper, the heat's there, and then it backs right off. It's not cloying. It's not oppressive. It is the perfect heat stout beer other breweries should take their example. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. The saga saga continues by Twin Elephant. Super smooth, silky, creamy, a fantastic beer. Another one that Twin Elephant hits right out of the park. Now, I didn't get a chance to go to Alternate Endings, a private event for friends and family. They had to cancel it uh, due to somebody getting ill uh, at the facility. They weren't sure if it was COVID. Out of an abundance of caution, they canceled the event, and I understand totally. They were opening this past Wednesday for the, to the general public. As far as I know, that was still going on. But I ended up picking up a four-pack of Sloan New, um, which is a, an, an India Pale Ale that they did that uh, is of a New England-style quality. It's not a bad beer. Nice bite. The head drops off quickly. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or not, uh, but they're calling it a New England, and it has more of a a bitterness to it that I didn't think came out of a New England IPA. So it was a little bit interesting. Not a bad beer. Looking forward to trying some of their others uh, that will be there. Uh, Milkshaking It, the Double Vanilla by Icarus Brewing. Oh, my God. If you love vanilla, folks, in your beer, this is the beer to drink. It was so smooth. I enjoyed it greatly. Had a drinking raspberries for breakfast also by them because I was supposed to be at an Icarus tapping. Um, Tart, raspberry, uh, uh, just an absolute... Banging beer uh, was amazing, and the stuff from Icarus, as always, is always great stuff. Now, look, we're out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show. My guest, Jim Wagner, the brewmaster from BC Brewing. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson, who had a birthday earlier this week. Happy birthday, my good friend Buddy. I am back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
Cheers, everybody.